Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely and welcome back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio with the trio, the new trio. We started with the trio, me, Ben, and Peter, and Ben kind of disappeared with the trio, Peter, Mike, and Wade. And now we've got the new trio, Mike, Jason, Wade. The third triumvirate. One day we'll get the all five together. What do you call that? Is that a... Oh. I don't know. Well, if anyone knows, let the quintup is quint. Yeah. Quint the quintuple. Yeah, um, quintet. We'll get that back together. It'd be a quintet. quintet. There you go. Um, we are here in the podcast studio. It's been a little bit, but we're back in action with the semester. Um, Mike and I did record over J term, but now we are officially in the spring semester, day three, which means for for all of us, syllabus days are over. Yep. We've gone through the syllabus, unless you guys are really going in detail with that. <laughs> and uh, so this is usually the first day of. Really digging our teeth um, into something. And uh, I'm teaching Theology 110. Are you teaching 110 this semester, Mike? I have no freshman classes for the first time. Okay. Well, and I thought I'd miss it, and I do. Yeah. But then today I've been kind of like, oh, man, I don't, I'm not going to have to babysit as much as I usually yeah. do. So, <laughs> the, um, well, I envy you, but I, you deserve it. You've put in your freshman time. So, Jason, you got 105. 105 got so, two 105s. Intro to scripture, so yep. you're probably getting there. Um, but in 110, we just yesterday went through Genesis 1 through 3. Um, and uh, we've talked a little bit in the podcast on the uh, on the podcast in the past about anthropology, what that is. Uh, we have stickers in some places that say low anthropology, which I believe we got through Mockingbird and Dave Zoll. Um but what we thought we would do today, just a little bit, is talk um, anthropology. What is anthropology? Well, it's what it is to be a man, to be a human being, um, and why that matters. Maybe down the road we'll have one that will unpack anthropology a little bit more. But especially to, to get a sense why it matters to know what the Bible says about what it is to be a human being. Um, perhaps one of the most interesting things about human beings is that we spend a lot of time thinking about being human beings, and yet, as human beings, we can never truly know ourselves, right? We're kind of trapped within. We never get the outside big picture view. In some ways, others know us better than we know ourselves. Um, but when it comes to the scriptures as well, uh, part of the um, the gift of God's Word is that it tells us things about ourselves that we could not otherwise know or grasp. Um, so we're going to be talking, what is it to be a human being? And and there's going to be kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's really good stuff about being a human being. We are unique in God's creation, but Genesis 3, there's some bad stuff too. Uh, <laughs> we have been corrupted through sin. Um, before we get started, we're going to have a bit of a little bit of a longer intro because I wanted to talk um, as we get going about uh, something that Mike and I got to do um, Right before the semester started, uh, Jason, you were at St. Louis for your PhD studies. Yes, I was. And that went well? It did go well. They yep. were welcoming of their Wells guest? They were, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it went, it, that went well. Um, it was great to actually be face-to-face -face for those experiences and get to meet a, meet a few people that maybe knew by name only and uh. now interact with 
in real life. So did you good. did you meet anybody who was writing for that new large catechism that's coming out? Uh, like the, like I, essays I don't for that? Don't believe so. No, I, I just wonder. I, so. I haven't heard. Michael I have, started wound up, and now he's trying to wind me up. I didn't. I had heard that something was coming out, but I didn't. I haven't. I don't think it's out yet. Yeah. Have you heard? If is it out yet? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta teach in a bit. I'm gonna try to stay focused. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be disciplined. That uh, one day, one day we're gonna have a fun whole episode about that. <laughs> At least if there's anything that could, um, you know, we could almost guarantee would not be controversial. Oh, large catechism. Probably be a catechism. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you? Uh, do you have anybody you would like to shout out from your time in St. Louis? Well, I'll tell you. I'll um, got to. Uh, sit at the feet of uh figuratively doctor yeah figuratively dr rosine and dr Herman. i don't know how they do it there you should do that uh, like yeah. one, one day like everybody yeah. take off your shoes and sit down on the floor <laughs> while i teach you yeah but uh those 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 two classes were were very good and i think uh it was very enjoyable uh being in the class with them and then um had a couple of uh fellow Wellsers that were there. I got to know a younger pastor by the name of Ben Phelps from, uh, from Kenai, Alaska. So nice. it was good. And then a couple of brothers from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary were there as well. Uh, professors Poggles and Mitchell. So I spent a little time with them. And then uh, a couple of other classmates that I'd gotten to know a bit during the... The 15-17 connection, was there not? Yeah, 15-17 connection, um, Sarah Crowder. Who uh, took is, a marvelous picture of you that I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and uh, she was uh, doing some interviews and uh, a couple other things, and which I think are uh, being released through 15-17. At least some of them are. Um, and she's a junior fellow with 15-17. Um, and then uh, Steve Zank was another... <clears throat> um, classmate that uh, we'd worked with quite a bit and got to know a little bit and appreciate his, he he was in the last semester of his coursework for PhD stuff where Sarah and I are in our first. And so it was a big help that he was um, in Took our class and kind of yeah. helped us <laughs> learn the ropes a little bit through the semester. So that was good. Well, good. And uh, I'm glad that's gone well. And, and sometime down the road, supposing you don't mess it up. Yep. Our listeners will be able to say Dr. Oakland. Right. Yeah. Um, Michael, you and I, and I just wanted to give a little bit of shout out because I was honestly really impressed with this. Um, you'd gone to the first one of these. I had not. So I didn't quite fully know what to expect. And I was got a little bit nervous just because anytime you see the word leadership, um, that can get interesting. It can be done well, but, um, but it can also be done poorly. And, uh, the Wisconsin Synod had its national conference on Luther leader, Lutheran leadership, and I, um, Michael was presenting, and I had the uh, opportunity to go and do nothing but just kind of hang with people, maybe have a beverage or two, socialize, right? Schmooze. Network, I think, Network, is the word you're yeah. looking for. Networking. And, uh, and so I, I went down as well, and... Uh, we took the train, Amtrak, which I thought went well. Nice did you enjoy the train, I Michael? Did. I did. Did it make you want to um, ride a bicycle? Uh, no. Because Those two the, go hand in hand with me. The train did the work for me. Ah, okay. Well, I did enjoy the train ride with you. Um, but I just want to give a kind of a shout-out as well. Um, really enjoyed the National uh, Conference on Lutheran Leadership. Um, John Hine and his crew, um, the keynotes, the breakouts were all very well done, and uh, worship was just, I thought, um, 
wonderful. Uh, it was done well as well. Um, solid law gospel preaching. Um, there was a number of, of good presentations. I went to your first one, Michael, and you did you did very good on a difficult topic. They they had Michael doing a critical theory stuff. And so the second one was not as great, and they videotaped that, and that will be made public. So <laughs> if you want, if the hate mail can be directed to <laughs> Wade Johnston. <laughs> hey, I don't mind at, hate mail about someone else. At WLC, yeah. So waiting for all of the, uh, yeah, or maybe it'll just go under the radar. Well, I thought you did well. Um, and uh, Luke Thompson, I thought, had a, a very good um, keynote. Missed some of the Monday stuff because we had to teach and then we took the train down. But overall, um, very good conference. I would encourage our listeners. So in three years, there should be another one of these. Um, it's definitely wor worth uh, checking out if you have the resources to make it. And uh, not a bad hotel. Uh, the Hilton in Chicago. Yeah, downtown. great location. A ton right in there for anything you would need. Um, some interesting elevators. <laughs> uh, but a lot of history <laughs> of the building. But um, just wanted to say really well done to the presenters. Um both for keynote and breakout to John Hine and all those who put it together. I appreciated it. Good stuff. If you see resources like Michael was talking about, like these videos coming out for it, I uh, encourage you to check it out. You'll have to let me know where that video is going to be. So you can send it out to Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tweet it. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, I will say I'm, I was jealous because uh, I had a conflict for the last one and a conflict for this one. I haven't been able to go yet, but all the resources that I've watched from the previous one, uh, I was kind of thinking I really want to go to that the next time. And so oh. I, I think, too, that um, watching those things online are great, but it'd be nice to have been there in person. And just so. the, the sheer number, I mean, 1,300 people, and that meant a lot of people that um, I had not seen in 10, 20 years. I missed our class reunion because mm -hmm. I had to call the WLC. Um, just that alone, um, in the context of everything that was going on, right. was great. Got to, uh, to sit um, at the 1517 booth and... Uh, and uh, work with Steve Burns, having some good conversations, giving away some books. Um, that was fun. And then got to talk to people about WLC, which was good as well. So overall, thankful for that. All right. Lest we go too much longer with that. Um, we are part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. You can go to 1517.org. Find, uh, find lots of good stuff there. Blog post devotions, academy courses, publishing house. Michael, your book is up for pre-order now, right? Yes. Any given Sunday, right? On or, any given Sunday. On any given Sunday, you can pre-order Michael's most um, recent book. Well, not recent yet. It's not fully out. I have a feeling when that one comes out, like it'll just be available after that. Like they'll release it, and then like you can just buy it. Because mm -hmm. I heard sometimes that doesn't. That's not always the case with books. And sometimes they get released and then they're not released. Um, well, they have to, wait, 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 wait. You don't understand. They have to go through an editorial process if they're re religious books like this that a, come a out post of post-release, yeah. Well, then you you also have, if they come back like an official publishing house, they're going to have to be a doctrinal review beforehand. Mm -hmm. It goes through a full professional, yep. not mob-like overreaction <laughs> sort of vetting process. Yeah. So what's going to happen is uh, a bunch of people are going to get together and they're uh, who have uh, theological chops, and they're going to look through it and see, is this something that is, is wrong, or is it something that is good, or whatever. It may even go to the top of the group and yeah. say, you know, put your stamp of approval on it. And then, because then, if you get to that point... You know that people who have been elected, people who have been chosen, you don't have to capable. You don't have to worry about cancel culture canceling it. Right. Like, yep. 
uh, Twitter mobs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so so yeah. pre-order it now. When when his book is ready, it'll be out. It will come to you, um, and you can read it. And um, you I, then you can you can assess it. Yep. You can think for yourself, look at it, um, and not have to speculate about what has Michael written. No, you nor do you have no. to. Nor do you have to like. Uh, uh, do the the cowardly thing like burn it or try to you know stop its publication right. or i could like burn that. one of them right yeah you can burn one. but you <laughs> let it go you you're not afraid of information you're not afraid of debate you're not afraid of of learning something new you're not mm-hmm. afraid of someone's you're not afraid of actually reading and going through it yeah it's uh, hendrix and his it's a back. part of you know what it is it's a part of western civilization uh, it's really one well, of the good it's things what I love about, about western lutheranism uh, hendrix in his preface we're going through that in luther class now says luther wanted to open minds with religion not close them and i think that's something that lutheranism really does well and i'm just very appreciative for it and i'll mention it again the western liberal democracies and stuff have yeah. been based on that too yeah. and so if if you know what those words mean right like liberal and a good word versus illiberal yeah. you know like <clears throat> well i don't know we 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 were on the same page. yeah so uh, <laughs> go ahead and get that book it'll be coming out soon um, but lots of good stuff you can check out at 15. Yeah, I got another one coming out in February, that too. That's, that's yep. we're Northwestern gonna, we're, we're, we're Publishing we'll, That That actually went through a doctrinal review. Yeah. So I assume it's going to come out. Yeah, we'll <clears> see. <throat> um, I, I'm hoping so, but we'll we'll plug one at a time. Michael's writing so many books, I can't, I can't plug them all at once. Jason, what do you have coming out? <laughs> well... He's right in now. Yeah. Okay, um, this is a long intro, and we got to get to our topic. So, Michael, please give us our disclaimer. This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We'll be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism. Because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our main topic, which is anthropology. And so maybe uh, just uh, first off, um, before uh, we kind of get into biblical anthropology, specifically by looking at Genesis, um, I'll throw it to you, Michael or Jason. Why um, Christian or non-Christian, right? Um, And anthropology is a field in um, the academy as well that's not a specifically Christian field. Um, but but why should people care about anthropology in general? Yeah, so anthropology, if you take an anthropology class, you're talking about um, cultural artifacts, uh, maybe even literal archaeological artifacts. Uh, what, what, did the, what did a specific uh, group of people eat and how did they uh, worship? How did they, uh, you know, construct their families and their societies and stuff like that? When we talk about anthropology, Specifically, from a Christian point of view, we're talking about what makes a human being a human being, right? So an embodied soul created in the image of God, those are the types of things that we would talk about. But why does it matter, I think? uh, Well, I I think it would be fun. I don't know if we'll do it in this episode or not, but I think it would be uh, instructive and fun to start listing the things that we 
see as human. So am I consumer? Am I homo faber, the types of beings that, that, that make things? Uh, homo sapiens, right? Th these are anthropological words. And I think this really uh, is very important. Uh, how, what, what is a human primarily, right? And, uh, I would say meat. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, or, or you know, if you just, am I just biology? Am I just nature? What am I? But, but also, like, I would argue a worshiper, somebody who seeks to be justified. Um, but there's some danger. Like, we, we talked about this in a previous episode. If we primarily think of ourselves as students, yep, then our, my, my pre, if I see my people as students, then my preaching is going to be second uh, order proclamation rather than first order order proclamation. If I see my, uh, uh, my parishioners as people who have a bound will, but who are saints in, in Christ, I preach differently. Um, if I, if I see myself and others as producers or consumers, that, that, that says something about human rights. It says something about respect myself and stuff like that. And, and you, you think of Shakespeare, like all the world's a, a stage, you know, we, we are play, players right. in this, yeah. right? That, yeah. that is part of, he's doing something there. I, I think. Well, and even, right. Not, um, is it Hamlet to thine own self be true in Shakespeare? Uh, um, mm. But uh, the idea of, of knowing yourself and, and mm -hmm. that's not meant to be in the way it often is taken is like, find yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the the AA kind of way of like, like do an honest right. appraisal mm -hmm. right. of who you are. So so we uh, this comes from uh, uh, James K. A. Smith. But uh, in worship class today, we I said take a liturgical audit. Right. Yeah. W where, where's your God? What What do you mean? Where's my God? Well, f follow your calendar. Follow your money. Follow your traditions. Follow your your rituals. Right. This is this is where you're you're. Whether you know it or not, you're trying to find your identity, right? Mm -hmm. And that says something about you and about God, yeah. I would say, too, that, you know, <clears throat> so that whole idea of, you know, know yourself, I mean, that, that goes back a long time. I mean, we're talking, like, Oracle of Delphi type of, you know, that, I mean, that, that was in Greek classical thought. That was in Latin classical thought. That was, you know, a lot of this idea of um, it. it's something that you should think about you should think about who you are and i think so why is it that this should matter uh this understanding who you are as a human being well because you are one yeah. right uh and and this and then i think that goes into you know there's been a whole lot of people um spread through generations centuries millennia who have wrestled with this question of wait a second, who, who are we really? Who am I really? Uh, and that, and again, not just as a person, but, you know, uh, as an individual, I mean, but yeah. as this thing called a human being. And, and I think giving, giving that some thought, uh, is worthwhile, um, to helping you understand who, who you really are as an individual, as being part of that group. Um, and not only understanding that for yourself, but maybe understanding too, well, uh, at least a little bit about what some of these others have thought through that time, you know. And you can't be neutral. Like you can't say, "Well, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna think about who I am." Well, you do, mm -hmm. and nor can you say, "I'm, I'm this, this soul kind of independent, make my own," which is sort of kind of what we're at in our right, right, postmodern yeah. world, where I can just make myself up. No, you can't. Like that, right. it's, it's, uh, and two devastating uh, results. Right, and I think that. <clears throat> 
that gets at too um, when we think about who we are um, we can speak of that individually right who am I and and we even have that built into adolescence right that's what middle school is for like right yeah you know who am I um, but the way the culture approaches it definitely is in this um, this kind of self-creative way like or or you're finding yourself there's this authentic you that you have to discover but one of the parts of anthropology that's helpful to think about too um, is what then is human nature and that's a big debate because Christianity definitely has clear um, thoughts about what human nature is uh, the enlightenment and modernity had clear thoughts about what human nature is and then with existentialism you kind of have this development with Sartre and others of well there is no human nature yeah. right um, the biologist has insights about what human nature is. Um, and so to, to be able to step back and, and ask in a comprehensive way, well, what is, is human nature as well? And so I want to preface as we get into what we can maybe draw from um, anthropology from the Genesis account. I just can yep, go ahead. add one, one other thing with that. So, so I think a lot of things to that, you know, and understanding what, it, what human nature is about you know, you kind of have to understand that before you get into some of the, you know, there's a whole lot of, you hear about human rights all the time, right? But to really understand what human rights are, you have to understand yeah. what human nature is. And so, you know, if you, if you don't understand that, you're going to get crossways on that whole concept of yeah. human rights, which, I mean, people want to talk about rights all day long till they're blue in the face type yeah. of thing. Um, but uh, you need to understand more than just what well why is this a right yeah and, and it, that comes from the nature part and in christ and culture um i think i sometimes fluster the students because at a certain point we get to discussions of there's really no reason you should have human rights anymore right and they kind of look at me well shocked like what do you mean and i'm like well tell me why you should have human rights and they'll say well because the god and i said well i don't believe in god you know <clears throat> well because the bill of rights i'm like that's just a piece of mm -hmm. a piece of paper <clears throat> um our human rights in America, which rested on, um, I would say, kind of the capital of Christianity and then the Enlightenment, kind of what Enlightenment mm -hmm. took from it, um, we've rejected largely both of those in our, um, I would say, in, in, in many of the, the leading Trying to. Right. Yep. Trying to. Yeah. So that basically now we assert human rights, but we can't defend them in a meaningful way, which is problematic. Uh, Genesis does give it grounds for doing mm -hmm. so. And if you... If you can't defend them, then you only can assert. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it all becomes about power, which is what we see on the American left and right politically. Um, it's all power plays because everybody's worried about losing different rights or asserting different rights, and they think they're only going to be able to do it <clears throat> through political coercion, um, which is a very interesting way of looking at what government should be and do. Right? Um, a little Genesis preamble. Um, and this is, I always have to preface this, like, so don't call my district president, whatever. <laughs> um, but when we look at the early chapters of Genesis, I think it's important for us to not let people off the hook easy. Um, because sometimes people look at Genesis 1 through 3 and they go, oh, well, right to creation evolution. And someone might say, well, I don't believe in a six-day creation, and so they're going to dismiss Genesis. Um, while um, I, with Luther and, and many others in church history, I... I, um, I see no reason not to take God at his word in what has been said um, through Moses in Genesis 1 through 3. I do think we do 
a disservice to our neighbor when we let them off the hook that easy with Genesis 1 through 3. Um, even if you're listening um, or if you have a friend who you speak to at some point who dismisses Genesis 1 through 3 for that reason, well, I just, that creation account. Um, what Moses is saying about people you can't get around is easy. Maybe try sometimes saying, okay, we can come back to that. Get to, get to Michael in apologetics is big on this. Get to Jesus and then worry about coming back to some of the other yeah, stuff yeah. someone's struggling yeah. with. Um, but but if you're going to talk Genesis one through three, talk what it what it's making claims about, um, and do these claims um, make sense play out in your life? Are you like what's described here? Is the world like what's described here? And I think it's very hard to get around that. Um, so sometimes it's okay to to say to someone, "All right, you know what? You're worried about scientific debate about that. All right, read it as philosophical claims." Um, Read it as, as if it were um, a, a mirror in which you are to see yourself. Um, and so I would just encourage people along those lines to realize there's so much more you can do here if we don't feel like we have to give up right away if someone dismisses the six-day creation. Um, the same um, you know, with our young people. Jesus is always it has to be centered in Jesus. And then you go to Genesis and, and you're reading Genesis in the light of Christ. And then, yes, you get into the creation evolution. But that's a very modern debate that was not on the radar for most of the church's history. What the church was doing for most of its history was, was finding here what it means to be us yeah. and how we relate to the world yeah. and God. So that's not, I don't mean to sound super liberal there. <laughs> is it fair? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I, what, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is there's so much richness here that, that maybe sometimes we don't pay enough respect to the word when we say to people, you know what, even if you don't, even if you don't agree with that part of this, you still got to wrestle with this. Well, this is the issue. Like, if you're actually going to look at the word and concentrate so much on, you know, uh, the post-Darwinist worldview, which I'm not. Again, we're not ignoring that. You're missing what Moses. This guy's worldview right here. Yeah. You're you're missing what Moses. The point of Moses was, and and how do you how do you then go and be like. Well, it's the, we're the center of creation and not actually delve into what does it mean to be the good creation, what does it mean, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, you just, and again, you miss the apologetic and evangelism opportunity because here is where there's a clear-cut answer and a clear-cut distinction between a worldview without God and a worldview with God. Now, I'm not saying, but yeah, I understand it's scripture is clear, but. Um, it's clear in a different sense in this way, right? You're talking about the value of a human being creating the image of God. Like if, if Moses said, oh, and by the way, hmm. you know, and started talking about evolution, that would, be, that, would be, that would be clearer. I'm not saying it's not clear. I'm just saying, listen, you have to, you have to read into some of those things. Let's be honest, right? And I, 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 you have to. Um, and the ramifications of not reading that correctly are big. I'm not right. saying that. But it's very, very, very obvious. Created in the image of God, and that, that's, that is a, you are different than an animal. Yep. Right? And that's more important because humanity is more important than figuring out, um, you know, all the questions about creation. And as Job said, you weren't there. Yeah. And God yeah. said through Job. So, you weren't there. So. And I think with that, too, that rather than just philosophical claims rather than just based on your experience, then if, if you're just going to dismiss these chapters out of hand, so much of the rest of scripture is built upon 
these yeah. foundational truths it's that a commentary right that, exactly yeah. so so i mean you you run into real big problems if you're just going to say nope nope I, I deny that because of creation or whatever because creation versus evolution um there are a whole lot more more issues in play here and i think that that that's just kind of what what we're trying to get people to understand right, right. you know yeah. that yeah not not that they think less of this text or that right. it's less comprehensive but that they recognize it's it's maybe bigger than we've sometimes yes. treated yep. it. Um, my proposal is going to be that we we maybe do a, a, a second episode on the same topic and build out dealing with Genesis as well because we got about twenty minutes, <clears throat> and then I got to go teach. But um, what I'd like to do is if we can kind of just at first or first look at Genesis one, and then maybe next time we can pick up two and three. But in Genesis one, you get the the big picture creation. So imagine like you're watching a football game. And someone runs like a, a trick play. And you're like, wow, this is a, a complicated play. There's all this stuff going on. Uh, maybe the Lions run it against the Packers. <laughs> um, and uh, chapter two is like when you pause, if you've got DVR, and imagine you pause and you rewind and you zoom. So chapter one is like creation as a whole. Chapter two is going to specifically zero in on um, the creation of the human race, right? <clears throat> um so I think um, chapter one sets the stage. It's kind of like um, chapter one is, is, is kind of building the, um, if this were Hollywood, it's building the set. Like, so before a show uh, on Facebook, there was some Jason-related humor regarding a jacket in Seinfeld. <laughs> right, right, yes, yeah. So back in the day with Seinfeld, before they ever filmed an episode, they built the set. Yep. Right, and so Genesis 1 is going to kind of build the set. And then Genesis 2 is where we're going to meet Jerry and George and <clears throat> Elaine and, and Kramer, um, except that it'll be Adam and Eve. Right. And they'll be naked <laughs> and sinless. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's only after the fall into sin that you need Festivus. Right, uh, yes. The airing of the grievances. That's right. Got a lot of problems with you people. Yeah. yeah exactly. So if we think of Genesis 1 and we think of the, the very first beginning, um, just verses 1 and 2, some of the most well-known words in literature. In the beginning, God, and I'm going to want to stress that, God created. So keep those two words in mind. God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God... And here, keep in mind, what is the Spirit's job? What does the Spirit do in the New Testament? The Spirit makes alive. Well, the world will be created through the Spirit as well. Um, the Spirit will make alive in creation, um, as all things are created through the Son, right, by the Father and the Spirit. Um, but in the beginning, God created. Um, and so I think the first thing for anthropology that we have to keep in mind is that there is a Creator, and we are not Him, and that we are creature, right? Mm -hmm. Creature. Um, and so maybe if we, we hit a little bit on that to start of simply that this is the first point that Moses makes. God created, right? Um, and he doesn't even mention man yet, but that there is one creator and then we relate to, as does all creation, to this God as creature. Um, anything either of you guys think uh, maybe we should stop and just um, unpack a little in that regard? Here, um, Luther says, um, and they, I think he got this from Nicholas of Lyra, um, that 
amongst the Jews. I don't know if this was true, but early on you did not study Genesis 1 until you were at least 30 because <laughs> you needed to learn all the scriptures first, sure, right? Yeah. And then you come back. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's value in that. But, but anything, just that creator-creature distinction maybe to start with. I think maybe just that understanding that, you know, God created, meaning, uh, and we're part of that, we're creature, we're part of creation, uh, and God is not, right? That, that God is separate from that. God is over and above that, outside of that, um, which I think sometimes... You know, just uh, that may be stating the obvious, but I think it is something that sometimes gets a little confused. Like God's just like the top of the heap of this. No, God is completely right. Which outside. Which is like what ancient Near Eastern religion did. Yeah. So Moses is definitely making a point over yes. against ancient um, Near Eastern religion of this is not a divinity that's super earthy yeah. and human-like. It's not a God in our own mm-hmm. image. This is an another yeah. Thing. I yep. think that's a very important point. Um, maybe along those lines that God as creator then knows his creation best. Mm-hmm. And so Moses is setting up that in these early chapters, he's going to talk about what makes this creation good, including mankind, what, um, what this creation is for, how it's to be used. Um, but I think it starts off right away then if we, we talk anthropology and trying to know ourselves that there is one who will know us better than we can ever know who we are, and that will be the one who was in the beginning, right? Out right. Of, out of whose um, uh, love we were created and within whose plan we we live. Um, Michael, any thoughts? No. Okay. I would say just finally with the creature, uh, creature. I keep wanting to say, emphasize the create, but right. Yeah. Creature, I like. I like. I thought you were doing that on purpose. <coughs> I was, creature, but that's cool. But now I gotta stop. But as creature, um, I think another thing I would point is um, since the the fall into sin, this has not sat well with humanity, <laughs> um, being creature. Part of that is because we are a unique creature. We are a creative creature, yep. right? Um, we were made to be creative. And since we're created then in the likeness of God, one of the things we do is create with God. You'll have procreation of children. Adam and Eve are going to tend to things. Um, human beings are, we're capable of creating amazing things and, and terrible things. Um, but being creature has not and does not sit well with us. Um, this is really uh, the big temptation for Adam and Eve. You will be like God. Mm-hmm. And the irony is they are like God, <laughs> right? <clears throat> they're made yes. in the image. Yep. And they're going to lose that um, through this temptation um, but that that notion of there being that creator-creature distinction is something that especially since the fall into sin, we like to kick against. But I would argue true peace, true shalom, true human flourishing is found in embracing that and finding the peace and the comfort that and the joy that comes from that. Um, we sometimes think the Christian life is like we come to faith and then we become more and more independent. We need God less and less because mm. we're growing in our sanctification. <laughs> and um, But the fact is we're like roots for a tree. We're growing deeper and deeper into our dependence. And so the, the, the joy and the freedom that we find in recognizing our creatureliness and that God is creator is part and parcel of the gospel. Um, it doesn't all depend on me. 
I don't have to take everything in this world and turn it into a means of self-fulfillment because I I can't fulfill myself, right? I am dependent on the, the creator. And so it's like the, the freedom of a child that we lost when we grew older, where just each day was an adventure, and, and you knew there was someone appointed to care for you. And you could even pray as Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. You didn't ask your mom when you were like two, like, uh, may I please, mother, have a sandwich with <laughs> peanut butter and jelly? You said sandwich, yeah. right? Um, and Jesus teaches us these short imperatives in the Lord's Prayer as well. And so I would say that while we, um, our inclination, our, our natural inclination as fallen sinners is to, to push against our creatureliness, um, true freedom is found exactly in the, in the opposite. Um, and then what I do and what I say doesn't have to take on ultimate um, importance, it can always be penultimate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, I'm just laboring within a, a world of gift, a garden that my God has has given me. Um, there is another who upholds all things, and we'll get to that when we get to to Christ. Yeah. And I think some of that too, like what you're saying, that that kicking against that, especially, but and it, it being create, being a creative creature, um, you know also being created as a rational creature, which means then a moral creature. Yeah. Um, and if I'm getting ahead of my, if we're getting ahead of no, here. Some of the stuff we're going to come yeah. back to there, so it's good. Yeah. So, but that idea of, you know, I think about, you know, I have reason, you know, as a human being and I can think about these things. And sometimes I start to think, you know, especially since the fall, um, maybe, maybe I could do this better. Maybe I know better, you know, maybe God isn't quite all that he, you know, and, and then, and then that, you know, wanting to kick against that, and the, and then, but the also the moral component of some yeah. of those things, where you know, I don't maybe like being accountable to, but that that's part of that too. Is that God has given you these gifts, and said, you know, um, but I will I will ask an account of you at uh, what did you do with these gifts, and uh, and and that too brings up this kind of I want to kick against that because yeah. you know yeah. I should be able to do what I want and. You know, so those are just some things too that kind of go into that. That, again, part being creature, but also being unique as creature. Yeah, and I think that right that we are moral creature, and that right away, what's going to happen? Well, first we're we're related to God, <clears throat> He creates, and now we're going to get to we're going to be related to creation, which will mm-hmm. be the next thing that He does. So there's there's the um, the vertical and the horizontal yes um, relationships, and with relationships comes expectations. Um, Two more things I'd like to hit on. We've got nine minutes. We can build on these more next time. But now, um, in these six days, God's going to create all these things. And we know the last thing he's going to create is mankind. And so we we see that God, that mankind is created to be a recipient of gifts. God did not create Adam and then say, get to work creating this other stuff. Like, you're a creative dude, Adam. You know, <laughs> make this world nice. God creates a world that is complete, that is tov, that is tov in the old, right? Did I get my Hebrew right there? Yeah, good, That is good, good, that is very good, and then places Adam in it. And how does God do that? Well, how can we know God? How could Adam know God? And and Moses starts right away with this, and it was very Lutheran what Moses does here. I sometimes suspect (laughs) he was an advocate of the, the Wittenberg theology. I can only know God through his word and his works. 
so I, there is such a thing as natural knowledge, natural law. Um, the heavens declare the, the glory of God. Some people will say the closest they ever felt to God outside of church was in nature. Right. So by his works that I see here, but then also by his word. And God could have chosen to create in all sorts of ways. Um, but instead, he simply spoke. And he spoke words that uphold these things still today. So there's light still today because God said, let there be light. Right. Now, we can talk about various laws of nature and how this world operates in, in rational ways that we can, to a good degree, um, understand so that we can make machines fly in the air and take <laughs> us from one place to another. Um, but it's that, that first word that upholds that so that even God's creative word for Jason or Michael or Wade, right? While we were, our parents were co-creators with God, we were, better than saying reproduced, we were procreated. Mm -hmm. We're not simply a product. Reproduce is a, a great capitalist word. <laughs> you know, I, don't get me wrong, I like my iPhone. I'm not bashing <laughs> capitalist, but what do you have in there? Product. Procreation, well, what am I on creation? Why could my parents create me? Well, um, because God's word still upheld all creation. And so in that way, I'm not just the creation of, of um, my mother and father, but I am the creation of God. Um, not in an immediate way like Adam and Eve, but but not in a less important way it's voca either. It's vocational talk, right? You're God's co-worker to, to, to do this. And when we mean that we're creative, create, creative made in the image of the creator, we don't mean like, oh, we have all sorts of awesome ideas, you know, like right, we're creative. Yeah. No, like literally a part of creating something <laughs> out of nothing. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. even that, creating and keeping with God's command, be fruitful and multiply. Um, and so I'll throw it to you guys one more time as we wrap up, but I think either of those two things, um, God is a giver of gifts because sometimes people read Genesis 1 and 2 and they see this as just law. It's like this law mm -hmm. of paradise and everything was perfect because Adam obeyed. Right. Well, Adam did lose everything by the law, but Adam didn't get anything by the law. He didn't earn anything. No. Right. Um, and so I, maybe this is just the Lutheran in me that wants to make sure we hit on it. And we got about five minutes, but, but the God is the giver of gifts. He creates and puts us in it, and that we then know God through only his works and word, but especially here the creative power of his word, right? This is the spirit hover, hovers over the earth, God speaks. Well, what happens in the New Testament when Jesus is risen from the dead? The apostles are um, locked in a room. The resurrected Christ walks through the door, and he breathes, ruach, but receive the Holy Spirit, and he then gives them his word, his peace, right? Um, and while I know sometimes in conservative Lutheranism we get a little leery of like, if God didn't put a divinely inspired footnote in the Bible, that's like, <clears throat> like yeah, you can have fun with this. Um, <laughs> well, not just Lutheran, but American, yeah. modern Lutherans of the modern period, yes. Um, but anything with that? We got four minutes. I would say maybe just you know in connection with that you know. Being, you know, that God is giver of gifts, uh, being placed into creation, um, and that, you know, not only is this to be a gift to, to man, for man, you know, that, that you're going to um, be sustained by this and live by this, but, you're, but man is also to be a gift to creation uh, in taking care of that. And then maybe also in the relationship with other human beings, right? The idea yeah. that you know, uh, humans are 
social beings, right? That God creates two, mm-hmm. um, and that each are to um, be a blessing to the other. And I think that that idea too that um, you know God places us here to be gifts to others, just as others then are gifts to us. Uh, so I just thought maybe mention those couple of things. But. Yeah, and and maybe we can hit more next time too. But I think also that the God delights in in man, right? Mm-hmm. He delights in his creation. Yeah. Before creation does anything, he delights in it. Um, and I think again, a New Testament parallel will be through the gospel. God does the same thing. He delights in us before we've ever done anything. He he comes when we were dead in trespasses and sins and makes us alive. We're saved by grace through faith, but we're also then God's workmanship that he that he personally takes delight in us, um, which is to some degree we'll see in chapter three, probably why when there's the fall into sin, it's not just so long, hmm. right, nice yeah, run, yep. um, but he will promise his, his very own son. All right, good. I've, I like where we started there. Hopefully you guys are cool with picking up with a little bit more Genesis and anthropology. Yeah, there's Next definitely time. definitely more that can be said on that, and I think yeah, it'd be we good get to explore another episode a few other or two out of these. Yep, yeah, yep. Um, but with that, I'll be getting ready to to take off and go teach. Michael, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks, buddy. You deserve it. Thanks, buddy. Jason, all the best, my friend. Thank you. I will see you more as well. Um, listeners, we won't be seeing you in person, but you know what? You can see us <laughs> because we are now using the YouTube channel we created like five six years ago and have not used. We've got three videos up now. Uh, we'll have more. Uh, these short videos, we're trying to go 10 minutes or less. Michael and I failed yesterday. We went 11. But right now we're doing words to know, basic words about theology that we should know, um, aiming to keep them short. Go to the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. Let the bird fly. Um, subscribe would be great. Watch them. Give them a like. It'll be much appreciated. Um, and as well as with the podcast, subscribe, rate, review, always appreciated. Um if you don't want to do that, don't do it. You gotta, you gotta be you. You gotta do you. Um, go ahead and just let the bird fly. Yeah.